Welcome to Parenting Your Sensitive Child. Parenting a highly sensitive child can feel overwhelming, and all the parenting books in the world can only get you so far if your head and your heart are out of alignment with your child's. I'm your host, Julia McGarry. Let's create a new parenting paradigm. y'all it feels really good to be back let me tell you last week at some point everyone in our house was sick nobody had covid but we had stomach bugs sinus infections colds whatnot going on and now everybody's healthy with the exception of a few minor allergies so it's really good to be back and today we are going to talk a little bit about gifted kids and i'll be honest with y'all This is something very close to my heart as I was in a gifted program growing up and later I taught in that same program just in a different school and I have hesitated to come on here and talk about giftedness because I know that there can be a strong reaction to that label. However, most people know at least on a superficial level what that label means and I don't have a better term for it so we're just gonna go with that and there's one thing that I need to clear up right away and that is that there is a difference between kids who are or could be identified as gifted and kids who are hard workers and high achievers gifted kids actually require a different approach than neurotypical kids, even high achieving neurotypical kids. And if you or their school ignore their needs, you're likely to see big challenges behaviorally, academically, emotionally. To put it in simple terms, gifted kids are often motivated by their interests over grades. That means if they don't like the teacher, or they think the work is boring, they are likely to disengage. Grades and academic performance are not a clear-cut measure of giftedness. Additionally, gifted kids master content more quickly and get bored more easily than most kids, which can lead to challenging behaviors in the classroom that overshadow their actual gifts. Combine that with some of the traits of gifted kids we're going to discuss in a minute, and you get quite a show. But first, why am I choosing to devote an entire episode to talking about gifted kids on a podcast that's about parenting highly sensitive kids? Well, research has shown that a high percentage of gifted kids are also highly sensitive. It depends on where you look, but the lowest estimate I've found is about 75%. And that number goes up when you're looking at kids who are highly gifted. So kids that have an IQ of 155 or more. And that'll probably be the only time I mention IQ because identifying a child as gifted is about more than their IQ. And IQ tests in general have a very questionable history. My point, though, is that a highly gifted child is likely to be more sensitive and 
likely to be more intense in other ways. And as a result, they are likely to be more challenging to parent. When I think back on all the clients I've worked with over the past few years, a large portion have had kids who were likely highly sensitive and gifted, whether they had been identified as such or not. So this is a very relevant and important perspective shift for my clients and perhaps for you as well. Ready to dive in? Okay, we're going to take a closer look at three things that can cause challenges for parents and teachers of gifted kids. The first one is overexcitability. There are five different types of overexcitability identified by Polish psychologist Kazmierz Dabrowski. Gifted kids tend to be overexcitable or intense in at least one, but often more than one of these five areas, which include psychomotor, sensual, emotional, intellectual, and imaginational. We're going to go into what each of these means, but I want to pause here to say that the behaviors we see with these overexcitabilities look very similar to behaviors you might see in a child with ADHD, for example. Most educators are not trained to interpret the subtle differences between the behavior of a gifted child and a child with ADHD. I think we're getting better, but still, most teachers see these behaviors and automatically think ADHD. And most psychologists aren't trained in this area either. This results in many gifted children receiving a diagnosis instead of being identified as gifted, and it can result in a misdiagnosis as well. So if you're questioning whether your child may need a diagnosis and you suspect that they might be gifted, look for someone who specializes in gifted and twice exceptional children. Twice exceptional, for those of you who are new to that term, who haven't heard that term before, refers to kids who are identified as gifted and have a separate diagnosis as well, such as ADHD or autism. Okay, now on to the specifics. The first area of overexcitability is psychomotor. This one is marked by a need to move, a love of movement for movement's sake. If you have a child who starts jumping around the room when they're explaining their next project, or a kid who's always kicking their legs when sitting at their desk, or even a college student who knits in class, they might fall into this category. And it's really easy to see how a child with psychomotor overexcitability might get flagged as ADHD, right? And it can be both, but it's so important to be aware that many gifted kids exhibit this kind of behavior without ADHD. A question I ask myself often is how on point are they? How focused is their mind? Are they bouncing around and blurting out incorrect answers to questions? or interrupting you with unrelated comments? Or are they ramping up as they dive deeper into an idea or develop a plan of action? You see the distinction? 
All right, next up, we have sensual overexcitability. And these are our highly sensitive kids. They have heightened awareness of their five senses. Their nervous systems are simply more finely tuned. And here we run into confusion about high sensitivity and sensory processing disorder or even autism, right? Overexcitability number three is emotional overexcitability, another one common with highly sensitive children. And these are the kids with big emotions. They may be more prone to stomach aches, anxiety, or depression, and they may require more of your attention than other kids. And this is another one that can be confusing because kids who have ADHD and kids who are autistic are likely to experience big emotions too. The last two overexcitabilities are easier for most people to connect with giftedness, and they are intellectual overexcitability or deep curiosity and deep thinking and imaginational overexcitability. So if your child is gifted artistically, you might be able to see that easily, but they may also show up as having imaginary friends or having just very vivid imaginations, a rich inner world, if you will. These overexcitabilities are important to understand in relation to giftedness. It's important to know that being overexcitable and intense is not unusual in gifted children. In fact, it's kind of par for the course. It's more likely a sign that they aren't getting their needs met or being met with understanding than it is a sign of a diagnosable disorder. It might be possible to change your approach or change your child's environment to better meet their needs and see appreciable results. And that's really what we're all about here, right? Connecting with the human we are raising and meeting them where they are. The second quality that we tend to see in gifted kids that can cause concern and create challenges with adults is asynchronous development. So the first is intensity and overexcitability, and the second is asynchronous development. Humans do not develop uniformly, right? Some kids talk before they walk, and for some it's the other way around. When a child is gifted in one area, it's quite likely that they lag behind their peers in other areas. We call this asynchronous development. For many gifted kids, it's their executive functioning skills that lag behind or their social skills. That might mean you can have an in-depth intellectual conversation with them, but they have really poor judgment. Asynchronous development can make it seem like there's a bigger problem when really your child needs more time and more patience and support in developing the skills that they haven't built yet. Asynchronous development is a quality that is present in almost all gifted kids. In fact, some people believe that asynchronous development should be the defining quality of giftedness, all right? The final quality that I want to talk to you about, it's 
Well, I guess it's not really a quality of gifted kids, but it is something that's important to talk about in any conversation about giftedness, and that is twice exceptionality or dual diagnosis. And I touched on it earlier, but for a certain percentage of gifted kids, the qualities that we've discussed so far are further complicated by an additional diagnosis. It's just as much a mistake to assume that a gifted child cannot be autistic as it is to assume an autistic child cannot be gifted. If you have concerns about your child, if their emotions seem out of their control, if they have a very narrow area of interest and have trouble talking about anything else, if they have trouble maintaining focus, even when it's something they're interested in, or they have trouble maintaining focus if there isn't something rewarding about what they're doing, you might want to get an evaluation done. Just be sure that you are working with someone who has experience with gifted and twice exceptional children. Someone who can distinguish between challenges that are connected to their giftedness and challenges that have a different root cause because we don't want either one of those root causes to go unrecognized, okay? And regardless of the diagnosis, if you have one of these kids, they need a different approach from you. One that starts with understanding their why and where they're coming from. And that's why I'm here doing what I do. If you're ready to explore what working together would look like for you, head to my website, partneredpath.com, click on coaching, and let's get started. All right? I hope you have a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Are you fired up to make change in your family? Ready to change course and stick to it? You're going to want to get on my email list. It's like a direct line to my brain sent straight to you every week. It's helped my clients start making changes before they even get on a call with me. Sign up and get any of my free resources, link in the show notes.